Thanks for joining us today as you listen to a portion of a message recorded at Vine Life Church in Boulder, Colorado. If you'd like to connect with us further, you can visit us online at www.vinelife.com. It's going to be a great time, but we're going to just open up um, in the Gospel of John. If you have your Bibles here today, open up this morning. And uh, if you don't have your Bibles, no sweat, we'll have it on the screen behind us. John chapter 1. And we're going to read verse 1 through 14. And this is good. I'm going to read it from the Bible. You guys with me? Okay. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory of the one and only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Amen. Let's pray. God, I thank you today. I thank you that as we gather here and as we, we, we're coming into this whole holiday season, God, but I, I thank you that for us, it's deeper than that. It's deeper than Christmas carols. It's deeper than decorations. We get to do all those fun things as well. But I thank you, Jesus, that there's, there's this story that, that undergirds this whole thing for us, God. And I thank you that this story... Uh, the story is about your intentions from the beginning of time. And, and this morning, as we just dive a little bit into this passage and talk about the way you came, I pray that your word would actually be planted into our hearts to bear fruit, God. Today we declare that you, we're yours, we're your people. We thank you that we are born of God, that you invited us into the simple gospel, just as we were singing. We love that you came to us in our worst condition and you brought us good news. You invited us into your story, Jesus. And it's in your name we pray together. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. So honestly, just a few few comments here today on this passage. The, the opening phrase, it's this whole Gospel of John, many, you, you hear this, we read this pretty much every holiday season. So it's one of those scriptures that always is it's tempting to get familiar with us. And, and the thing is, we always have to um, ask the Lord to make the scripture unfamiliar again and become strangers to the word again in the sense of coming to it with a fresh, um, a fresh perspective and a clean slate, saying, God, what are you saying here? What are you doing? And I love that as John is writing his gospel, 
Um, he starts off with this phrase, in the beginning. And it does exactly for us what it does, did to the readers when they were reading that the first time. There's another place that begins with in the beginning, and that was the beginning, right? That was Genesis. It starts with in the beginning. And, and, and so by John starting off this, this gospel with in the beginning, he's basically saying, listen, everything I'm about to say from this point on isn't just about just a, a person at, at a specific place and time. Uh, but it's, a, it's, it's another launch of a, of a new creation. Just as in the beginning God would speak and his word would bring to life um, things that didn't yet exist. And his word would start to burst to life planets and solar systems and, and the sun and the moon and the stars. There's a new kind of creation that's happening here that I'm about to tell you about. And he's saying, listen, this new creation, it also begins with God speaking and God uh, with his word announcing something to all of humanity. And in, in fact, what he's doing here is he's announcing a new way to love creation. But it all begins with the word from his mouth. And that's what I love about when we start singing and thinking and diving into this whole idea of God becoming flesh, Jesus actually putting on skin, the word becoming flesh and dwelling among us is that, is that God could have come to us in any way. He could have taken his first step towards humanity in any way, but he comes to us in word. And one of the first things we learn about God among us is that he comes to us in word. And it emphasizes the importance of, of voice and word and the power that flows from word. And we see that John, in talking about the word, who is Jesus, he creates a little distinction between word and God. He says, the word is God, God is the word. And we know that Jesus is who he's talking about. Jesus is the word of God. The word is Jesus. Jesus is God's word for all of time. Jesus is exactly the one thing that, that the Father wanted to announce to all of humanity. If he had one word to pick, to express perfectly his heart, his nature, and his intention to anybody who ever wondered what that was, his word was this, Jesus. Jesus is the word. Jesus is the word of God. And I love God's word because when God speaks his Words are binding. They're like an unbreakable contract. He never messes up what he says. Do you ever hear that in the Bible? You're like, oh, I said that wrong. You know what? Let me, let me, let me redo that one. My bad. Let me try this again. That's not, that's not what happens in the, in the word of God, in the scripture. When God speaks, he means what he says. He doesn't lie. He never says, whoops, changed my mind. Let's try that one again. When God speaks... Everything is upheld, and that's what it says in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. It says, upholding all things by the word of his power. God, in the word of his power, his very word, upholds all things. In him, all things hold together in that way. In Psalm 89, it says, my covenant I will not break, nor alter the thing that has gone out of my lips. God keeps his word. God pays attention to the way he talks, and he honors the way he talks. He loves his word. God is in love with his own words because his words carry power. They carry substance. Everything is upheld. His words create worlds. He always acts according to his word. He had the first word and he's going to have the last word. His words matter, right? And I, and I love that even when we read the Genesis account of creation, when God speaks, he would speak the world into existence and then he would offer his commentary on it. And his commentary on what he speaks is just awesome because he just said, wow, that was good, right? He speaks, and, and God said, boom, and it was good, right? And you think about that. And he, it's funny that he would comment on everything he made 
to just remind himself that it was good. But we have to understand that it wasn't just the quality of what he made. It wasn't like, wow, that was actually really was a good planet I made over there. That's good. Look at the contour of this thing. Look, how, look at the deep color from, from a distance. That's really good. That's, it's not just the quality what he makes is good, but what makes creation good in the first place was the fact that he is good. And you only, he can only create out of the substance of who he is. And so everything he made was good because he, in essence, is good. You guys get that? God is good in substance. He's good in essence. And so that when he speaks, his word carries life. And that matters, I think, today. That matters as we look at the incarnation because as Jesus invites us to live as um, an incarnate church in the world, as he invites us to do what he does, it's important that we pay attention to how he did things. Because just as God's word has power to create, we have to understand that our words have power to create. Do you know that today? The words that we've been given, the breath that he has put into our lungs, as we exhale, as we form words, as words come out of our mouth, they actually have power to change. They have power to shift. We get to share that in kind of a co-creating with God. Yes, Jesus is the word, but even Jesus would come to us and talk about the power of what happens when our, when our hearts spill out and begin to speak things into existence, into our relationships, and into our world. And, and we know that we're, you know, created for that, I think. I mean, that's why, you remember a couple years ago, how many iPhone owners do we have here? Any, any of these in the room? Okay. You can put it down and stop playing with it now. Um, I'm just joking. Um, remember a couple years ago when they created this new feature called Siri? Anybody use Siri in the room? Well, when that first came out, you remember how everybody was showing that to each other? Like they would try it out and like, hey, Siri show me the weather in Alaska or whatever, you know, and then she would do it. And you know, we'd show our friends type of thing because it was kind of a cool feeling to talk to something and actually do what you tell it to do, right? <laughs> Except when that didn't happen, in which case we'd throw our phone across the room, right? And in my wife's case, Siri is her worst enemy uh, when it comes to technology. But the whole, the whole idea is like, you know, this, this little piece of device, like we, we talk and, and, and we were startled because it would actually... Our voice was powerful enough for it to do something or to calculate something or to look something up or to give us a certain piece of information, right? And I know that's kind of a silly example, uh, but uh, we were made to understand what it's like to be able to, even with our words and with our life, and to live in a way with the words that inhabit us actually shape and shift things. And this is what it says in Proverbs eighteen twenty-one: This is death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruits. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And I just don't think we think like that all the time, do we? I don't think we think of our words like that. The words that leave our mouth. We don't hold ourselves accountable to them. But that's why Jesus was so hard on the religious people. He was so hard on the Pharisees when it comes to the way they use their words and what they would say. Because he would talk to their hearts and then talk to what was coming out of their mouth. And here's what he said in Matthew chapter 12. Verse 33, he said, Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For the tree is known by its fruit. You brood of vipers. How horrible would it would, would be to be called a viper by Jesus? Man, that's a bad day. That's a bad day for the Pharisees. <laughs> You're a snake. Oh, thanks, Jesus. How can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good person out of his good treasure brings forth good. And the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. 
I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. For, your, for by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. That's a heavy, that's a heavy saying, Jesus. You're saying every careless word I'm going to be held accountable for? We'll have to give an account for every careless word. Why is he so hard on the Pharisees here? Because they would speak and it wouldn't match the heart. They would actually, their words are actually bringing destruction. Their words are actually holding people in, in captivity and holding a lid over people. This, these chains of religiosity were binding up the people that they were speaking to. It wasn't coming out of a place of truth. It wasn't coming out of a place of honesty and humility. And so Jesus says, listen, pay attention to the way you speak. What comes out of your mouth is only a reflection of your substance. Just as as God created the universe, what he created wasn't just good. It came out of the very essence and substance of who he is. Just as we, we speak, he's saying when we speak out of the abundance of the heart, as you are shaped, as you mature, as you grow in your identity, the words that you speak, the words that leave your mouth, whether you intended them to or not, whether you thought about it or not, it's going to create something. And the question is, is it creating life or is it creating death? And it's something we have to remind ourselves of, especially in this day and age, because we think that words are disposable. Do we not? In an age of social media, Facebook, the whole deal, we just say things without having to give an account to anybody. And we have to understand about our words that they're not just tools to communicate. They're the substance of who we are. Our words represent us. That's why when we do something that doesn't reflect what we've said or what, we, what, we've, what we've said in the past, um, there's always somebody that's there ready to say, but you said, right, dot, 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 but you said this. Why? Because when we say something, it indicates a substance and the essence of who we are. We have to take responsibility for what we say because when we talk, our word has the power to actually create something for the hearer. For instance, when I say the word tree, across this room, every single person in the room is thinking of a tree right now. Right? Watch this. Don't think of a tree. You're still thinking of a tree. But if I were to get into everybody's brain and experience in the room, everybody has a different little imagination that's happening right now. And so the tree that you're thinking of is different than the tree that the person next to you is probably thinking of. Some of you are thinking of a tall snow-colored aspen. Maybe others are thinking of a a small sapling. Some of you are thinking of leaves and fruit. Others are maybe like a tall, robust oak tree. And in just one word, we're able to to kickstart and to spark an imagination all over. How much more responsible do we have to be when we start knowing, when when we know that the words that we've been given and the breath we are given are not just given to communicate something, but are actually used to create something in the world, just as Jesus created, and he came and he created again with his, his own self and his own life. He has given us the power to join with them, that as we speak, we get to bring life into the world. Are you bringing life or are you bringing death? It's an important question that we have to ask. Our words are not disposable, but we have to take responsibility for what we're creating. Because out of the abundance of the heart, of our hearts, we have the opportunity, we have the calling every day to speak words of life, to speak words of hope, to speak words of peace and encouragement to our neighbors. And I, I'll never forget this. I get, I get a chance this, to experience this quite often just because I get to talk in front of a lot of people. And it's a privilege to be able to do that. And I don't take that lightly, honestly. But there's other times... Um, where I get one-on-one 
uh, opportunities to talk with people. And I remember a, a couple years ago, we were in a setting, Megan and I were in a setting with this adoptive mother and her family, or uh, this, this mother and her family, and she was wanting to place her child for adoption. And we were in the room with her and her family, and, and it was very clear that her and her family were not on the same page. They were not on the same page. Her family was so upset with her. Not only because she had a baby out of the context of marriage and family, but that she wanted to place it for adoption. And you could tell there was just this conflict because she knew that it was the right decision. And she knew that the best way for her to love this baby would be to place place the child up for adoption. And let me tell you, that is never an easy decision for a mother. I don't care the context. I don't care the scenario. For for a mother to place their child up um, to be adopted by another family that she knows very little about, that, is, that, that, that takes an, a tremendous amount of bravery. And I remember we were in the room, and, and her parents were talking about her in a way that it just seemed really derogatory. And you could just tell, like, wow, this is what, she, this is what she's lived with for a long time. In fact, the words you could tell in her environment, the way she grew up, the words that um, were coming out of her mouth, she had really come to believe about herself. And about her decision, she'd really come to believe, this is what God thinks about me. That, like, he's ashamed of me, that I did this, that I, that I made these mistakes, that I got myself into this situation. And you could just tell she was shut down. There's this lid over her, and there's a lot of religious rhetoric coming out of her parents' mouth about, about what she should have done or those types of things. And I was just sitting there, and I was getting angry. And you probably know what I'm talking about. You've ever sit in a situation where somebody's saying something that they don't know what their words are doing. And you know exactly what their words are doing and what it's creating. And I, and I remember I was just praying in the Spirit. I was, as, as in this moment, Megan and I were there and just, just praying and asking the Lord for wisdom here because we're just meeting this family. We don't want to start attacking the parents or anything like that. And I remember when it was my chance to talk, I got to look at this girl in the eyes and I just, I, just, I just knew that the Father had something new he wanted to create inside of her. That there was this void of something she hadn't heard that she needed to hear. She needed to hear it. She needed the words. She needed somebody to believe it for her and to actually articulate this for her to believe. And I just, I looked at her and I, don't even, I didn't really think it through. It just, I just started speaking into her eyes and I said, Hey, you, good job. You're really, you're really brave. You're really courageous. And I just feel like the Lord is, he's really proud of you for the way that you stood strong in the midst of this. And you could tell it was one of those things where it's like you, you wrap, I, I just remember this, this, this feeling of, of taking this truth package in just a few little phrases. And it wasn't much. It wasn't this epic prophetic word or something like that. But it was just the heart of God. It's just encouragement. And it's all she needed. And it was like we wrapped this giant boulder of truth with a rope and it just, just kind of lobbed it into her eyes and you could just see it sink down into her gut. And, you know, and she, just kind of, she just kind of breathed for a second. And, just, and, and it was one of those moments where I knew it was a gift in that moment that God had something he wanted to announce. He had a good news that he wanted to announce and it needed to come in word and it needed to be spoken to her in that moment. In that moment, you could just tell she just... She, she breathed in, and you could tell that there was something, some kind of ministry happening in that moment. And, and, and I'll never know exactly what happened in that moment, but I do know where she's at now. And I can tell you that after 
after a relationship being built, and, and moments like these over and over again through my wife and I just consistently being in her life and speaking the heart of God, speaking the heart of God and believing it for her, not just giving her compliments, but out of the substance of what I believe God's heart for her is, out of the word of God being spoken and announced into her heart, into her lives. I can tell you right now that her life is very much different now than it was even three years ago when we first met. And she's making decisions to actually believe in herself and believe that maybe there is a hope and there's a future and I can do this and I can do it again. And something happened in that moment just because there was a a ripe opportunity for the word of truth to be spoken in a way that the substance and the essence was there and the faith was there to believe it for her. You guys hear me today? And this is the life that we're called to. This is the life we're called to. We have to understand that the word of God is an imperishable seed. When we speak the word of God, when we speak it out into each other's lives, when we believe it for each other and and in an environment, in a church, in a workplace, in a neighborhood, with the people that are closest to us, when we speak the word of God and believe it with our heart, 1 Peter says that you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. You guys realize that the word of God is a seed that is cast and we don't know when it will bear fruit, but it is imperishable. It will not expire. And the word of God never returns void. Do you guys realize that? The word of God never returns void. We have no idea when we are speaking seeds of the word of God out into an environment, what day that'll come. It may not even be in our lifetime. And in fact, for most of the people in Scripture, they never saw the fruit of what they did. They held on to their entire life, onto the Word of God, announcing the truth in the heart of God, and never knowing. And they never got to see it until they actually got to be with Jesus in heaven, in the place. And they can see it unfold as like this cloud of witnesses. They're all the seeds that they ever planted, everything they spoke, everything they ever stood on, these imperishable seeds are unfolding before their eyes. And you th- even think about it, when, when Mary was pregnant with Jesus, she was pregnant with the seeds of, of thousands of years of men and women prophesying about the coming Christ. And as they would declare his lordship, that there is a Christ and a Messiah who is coming. Uh, that those things were seeds being cast out. And it says that as the Holy Spirit would overshadow her and impregnate her, it was almost like the seeds of all of those words culminating into a moment where she could bear the, the, the actual word of God inside of her to be born into flesh, into skin, into to human likeness. It is wild when we start talking about this, guys. And, and, and I think the reason this matters even, even now more than ever, when, when Jesus shows up as the Word, when He comes as the Word wrapped in flesh, we have to understand the timing was perfect. Because Jesus' timing is always perfect, if you hadn't figured that out yet. Jesus' timing is always perfect. And, 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 and what happens when you read your Bible, you may or may not know, but there's a very... Th- thin, flimsy little page that separates the Old Testament and the New Testament. You guys know what I'm talking about. It's like the prophets, one page flip, the Gospels. Do you know what that single page represents? About 400 years between the Testaments. And what that means is like in the Old Testament, God was speaking to the prophets and and, and he was announcing a lot of things to the people of God. And, And namely, it was how they had turned from him, you know, and how they had walked away from their covenant relationship. And, and he was speaking of hope, but he was speaking of correction at the same time. And, and then things just went silent. And you got to imagine what this must have been like for them to see Jesus on the scene, the word of God being made flesh after, after a period of 400 years. 
And you can imagine, if you've gone 400 years without hearing from God, without knowing the heart of God, 400 years of silence, and you're holding on, you're holding on to what was prophesied, you're holding on to what had already been spoken. But there's a part of you that's probably still uncertain. And then if you've ever walked through a period of silence, some of you in this room, you're in, you've been in a period of silence. And you're just uncertain. You're, you're trying to hear the voice of God. You're trying those things. And you're just, you're uncertain. You're just not sure because you haven't heard his voice in a really long time, if, if at all. And, and, and I believe the beauty of the incarnation, the beauty of this passage, the beauty of what happened when God shows us, showed up to us as word. He came to us as word as he was breaking into our silence in a way that was so normal, it was hard to even recognize. And he wants us to know, even the places of silence, he's not scared. And he's not upset with us. He's not disappointed with us. He just wants to talk. And, and how does he talk? He talks in a lot of ways, but we celebrate right now that he talks through Jesus. That Jesus is the word of God. Jesus is God's word to us. And some of you just need to know that and be reminded of that today. Jesus is God's word to you. Anything you want to know about God is found in the man, the person, the work of Jesus Christ. It sounds so simple. And and that's kind of the whole point. This is all so simple. It's easy just to be like, all right, tell me something new. I'm telling you, this is why people miss Jesus the first time, because it didn't seem glorious. But I'm telling you, Jesus Christ, he came in our likeness to announce a, a good creation that was coming through his work and through his resurrection And it's even taking place today. God's word is alive. It's active. It's holding us together. And he is speaking. He is speaking all around us and and namely through the person and work of Jesus. And the question today is, can you hear it? Can Can you hear Jesus? Can you hear his voice here today? That was interesting. I heard that. And then furthermore, can we join him in the work? Can we join Jesus in the work of speaking a good word? We get to speak a good word. We get to speak the gospel. We get to speak hope. We get to speak life. We get to speak peace. We get to walk into a room and know that the words are more than just a collection of things that, uh, of, of my vocabulary. But as I speak, I can speak out of a substance that the work that God has done in my life, the imperishable seed of the word of God that dwells within me, as I speak that out, I actually have the opportunity to give somebody a new thought about what God thinks about them. I had the opportunity to, to rearrange and paint a new picture of maybe the intentions and the heart and the nature of a God who so desperately wants, wants, wants to be heard by his children all around the earth. And so what I want to do today, as we end our time, we did this last year, and, and I thought it was just a very powerful moment. And I want to do it again today. And I want you to join me and join with me on this as we kind of are coming into this whole Advent time as we're paying attention to what Jesus is doing. And we get to join him in the work of loving our neighbors well. Um, just put yourself in this place where, where, where just as the word of God was brought into a time and period of silence, Jesus loves to meet us with the new word in every, every place that our heart condition finds itself in. He loves 
to come into the darkness with a word of light. He loves to show up to the, to the shamed and bring honor. He loves to show up to those who are in despair to bring a word of joy. And this morning, I want us to think about the people in our lives and possibly even the people in this room. And I, and I want us to begin to pray about, God, who would, it, who would it be that you would show me that needs a word of life here today? That you want me to speak a word of life? And I'm not just talking about a compliment, okay? I mean, compliments are always nice, but what we're looking for, what we're asking God for, is, God, would you show me somebody that you've given to me? Maybe just bring somebody to mind. Maybe it's two or three different names. They might be in the room. It might be one of your neighbors. It might be a coworker. But somebody that needs a word of life. And right now, just across the room, maybe we can just close our eyes for a second. We're just going to spend a moment before the Father. And we want to ask the Father, God, would you bring to mind somebody that you love, that you have sent me to them, God, just as you, the Word, became flesh to us and to all of humanity. God, I thank you that you've sent us to the people in our lives. You've sent us to to draw near, to be your nearness to the people that don't know who you are or your heart. God, would you bring to mind somebody in my life? Maybe it's a family member we're sitting next to you. Maybe it's one of your kids. Maybe it's your parents. Maybe it's just, again, a neighbor or a coworker. But God, would you bring to mind somebody that needs a word of life here today? And just begin right where you're at. You might even take a piece of paper if you have a note or take out your phone and start to write it down. Write down what the, what the Lord would have you bring to them. It could be a scripture. It could be a thought. It could be just something that God, you feel like, wants to announce to them. But I want to take a moment and do this today because we need to understand here today that just as Jesus came in word, that our words have power and they have life and he's sending us out. He's looking for people who know the power of their own words, who know how to change and shift atmospheres and create new realities for the people that we live and work with and, 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 and spend our time with. Are you guys with me on that? Okay, so here's the last thing I want to do as well. We're going to end here in just a moment. Some of you just need to hang out. We're purposely going to end earlier than we normally do, okay? Than we normally do. And in the back of the room, there's a whole table, and there's a bunch of cards. There's a bunch of envelopes. And some of you here today need to bring a word of life to somebody in the room, okay? And it might be somebody you just met. It might be somebody you don't know, which that's always kind of weird. It might be somebody who's been serving. It might be somebody that's in Kids Quest right now, okay? But there's a bunch of cards and pens and envelopes and some of you need to write down before you leave, before you kind of go out to lunch and do all the stuff. You need to just write down what it is you feel like God is saying to bless somebody else. Actually use the power of your words to bless somebody that's in this room and announce something new to them. Or maybe just announce a word of encouragement, a word of life, a word of peace, a word of joy. And I want you to pay attention to what seeds are planted. And maybe you receive a word today. You know, awesome. Just take that before the Lord and ask him to let that seed just continue to bear fruit and reap a harvest in your life. You might not see the fruit of that seed right now, but I'm telling you, there is power in the word of God and there's power in the words of your mouth because out of the overflow and the abundance of your, of your heart, your mouth speaks. Okay? This is really quiet right now. And I'm guessing because you're thinking, okay? So I'm going to have the guys put on um, some music. Graham, if you want to put on some music. And you can put up the blinds here, uh, 
Michael. I'm going to pray, and then you're going to be free to go, okay? In fact, I'm going to, after I pray, I'm going to invite the ministry team up front, and we end every service with a chance to, to receive prayer, uh, to receive, again, a word of encouragement, prayer for sickness, all those things. And uh, after I'm done praying, those guys are going to come forward. You can come up and receive prayer. The rest of you, don't rush out of fear. In fact, leave your kids down uh, in, in Kids Quest for another 10 minutes or so. Just, just hang out. And maybe you see somebody across the room that you need to get into a conversation with and you need to exchange words of life. This is the time to do it, all right? This is what this moment's for. We want to take an opportunity to do this. So let's stand together across the room. And I'm going to pray for us, and then we get, to, we get to do this. So, Father, thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Jesus, that you are the word. We thank you for be, before the, the foundations of the world were laid, you were speaking. And I thank you that we were made in your image and your likeness. And today, God, as we celebrate your coming to us, the word in flesh dwelling among us, God, I thank you that we get to do what you're doing. We get to speak words of life. I pray for our ears today, God, that we can hear your words over us in a powerful ways here this morning. And God, as we hear your words, I thank you, Father, that you're going to give us words to speak, words of life and peace, of hope and courage and, and joy. And to those in this room that need to hear it and those outside of this room that need to hear it, Lord God. As we celebrate your coming, Lord God, keep us in the awareness that you are sending us out, Lord, to those that you want us to be on mission with. You want to know your heart and your nature, Lord God. Help us to realize, help us to understand the significance and the power of the breath that you've given us. That when we talk, we get to co-create a new reality with you here on earth. We love you, Jesus. We thank you that you're speaking even now. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Let's thank Jesus and then have some fun. Get some conversations.